Welcome to the Simple Self-Care Podcast, your weekly nudge to take good care. I'm your host, Randy Kay. Okay, I know I'm on an official break from the podcast for a few more weeks, but I just could not wait to bring you my recent conversation with the one, the only, Danielle Laporte. I will be quite surprised if you haven't heard of Danielle, but in case you haven't, she is a multiple best-selling author, a highly acclaimed spiritual teacher, a poet, a mother, and she has been dubbed into Oprah's inaugural Super Soul 100. Her books include The Firestarter Sessions, The Desire Map, and her most recent book that I absolutely love and recommend, White Hot Truth clarity for keeping it real on your spiritual path from one seeker to another. I will have the pleasure of sharing the stage with Danielle at the upcoming Women's Health Conference here in Fargo on September 17th. And as a bit of a teaser to the wisdom she will bring to that event, I got to chat with her here on this fair podcast. If you are in the area or have always wanted to experience the magic of Fargo, North Dakota, I hope you will join us in September, and you can find the details at womens-health-conference.com. But in the meantime, I've got today's conversation for you. As you will hear, talking with Danielle is like talking with the wise sage on top of a mountain and your best girlfriend all at the same time. In fact, the whole interview was a bit surreal for me, and I did my best to keep it together and not fangirl too hard. Um, but I think I did okay. With so much I could ask her and talk to her about, I decided to start with the thing that made the most sense, self-care. Danielle has a few great quotes floating around about self-care. The quote, self-care is a divine responsibility, is one that I often see reposted on the grams and other social medias. But there is another one I love from her book, White Hot Truth. Deep growth happens when our self-care is a celebration of our goodness and value and not a fixation on what needs to be fixed. Yes, so good. So I asked Danielle how self-care has evolved from more superficial forms of self-care into those deeper meanings, and the conversation evolved beautifully from there. So I hope you enjoy. Here's Danielle. It's such an all-encompassing topic, really. Like, God bless you for having a podcast that's focused on it because it's huge. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really self-love, and that is everything. It's everything. You know, self-love is about your your self-agency and your power, your empowerment and how you walk through the world and how you connect with everybody and how we love each other. And it's like, it's like this huge thing. And after, you know, all of the meditating I've done in the workshops and the energy workers for better, for worse, I'm not knocking all of it, but you know, transcendental experiences and just ridiculous shyster kind of stuff. I still, I'm always somewhat irritated when I realize, oh, this is happening because I'm not loving myself enough. <laughs> like it's there's no grand answer. Like it's karma or it's 
a, a, you know, where the stars are aligned or it's some deep. No, this is me just not trusting in my worth. And yeah, so I'm constantly coming back to the practice of self-love, the embodiment of self-love. And one, you know, lighter way to put that uh, is self-care. Um, yeah, I mean, where do we go from there? I just, I just told, I just laid out like, this is vast. I'm not sure <laughs> where, um, here's, it, it, this is how it plays out for me. I have to love myself enough to create practices of devotion to myself and to God and to life. So I don't see myself separate from God. So if I'm doing something devotional, whether that's doing a mantra in the morning or prayer or eating clean or hitting a yoga class, and we all have our ways, or I'm only going to work from 10 to 2 that day, it's the same thing. <laughs> or they're very, they're very closely related. Um, so the ultimate act of self-love for me is designing a life that has space for devotion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I live, you know, the way so many of us have been t told to, I mean, I, I am a product of, <laughs> or I, I am the demographic of the wellness industry. I really, if I told you what I do every day, I sound like a cliche, right? Like I, 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 I meditate every morning. I have a mantra that I do. Right now I'm doing this really beautiful thing where a friend and I are saying the same mantra every day. And then we text each other and say, we did it. And I'm mostly vegetarian. Um, I My sacred movement practice is yoga. Um, I feel like I'm in a constant state of prayer. I mean, I, I am in the wellness industry. And there's a reason why we've been hearing about this stuff for thousands of years, <laughs> because it works. It brings you closer to the source of life. And I, I, I don't want to have it any other way. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about a lot is intention and how we can be doing the same actions, but there's, we can shift our intention behind it to make it more authentic mm -hmm. or always course correcting or something. And I'm curious, these things that you're doing that, you know, sound cliche, were there times where you were doing them with a different intention that wasn't really working as yeah. powerfully for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I would, let me just tweak the word intention a bit to say like a different motivation. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, my motivation in the past has been more about fixing myself and improving, improving myself for, and this is the punchline here, improving myself for the sake of approval. And I thought that I made a lot of progress because what I was, what and whom I was looking for approval from was more, you know, like this, this cosmic council, like, you know, all of the angelic forces and my, my interpretation of God I, I wanted to be right 
in their judgment in their eyes like am i being a good citizen am i being a good yogini am i being am i good am i good and let me let me prove to you how good i am i'm going to get to that yoga class and i'm going to detox and do another cleanse and you know and i got to a point it, it was really one of those epiphanic moments. I write about this in my last book, White Hot Truth, where I just looked at myself in the looked at myself in the mirror and, and asked if everything I was doing to be well was actually helping me to be well. And some of it was, and a lot of it, a lot of it wasn't, because there was that kind of franticness and that striving and that proving energy and all of these great modalities. You can you can meditate and still be an asshole. <laughs> you can pray and still be stressed. You go to yoga and still have body hatred issues. And what I did after that kind of light bulb moment was, well, I just stopped doing a lot of it. <laughs> and I'm now, um, you know, last year I was on a speaking tour and I would stand up on stage and say, okay, let's run this. Like it's an AA meeting. So everybody respond to me. I'm going to say, I'm Danielle. I'm Danielle. And they say, hello, Danielle. It's been nine months since my last channeling, psychic reading, or astrology session. <laughs> and that was like to prove my point of like that addiction to it. And since I stopped doing a lot of that stuff, it created the space for me. It created a space for a bunch of things. One saved a lot of money <laughs> and I saved a lot of time. There wasn't that stress. Like I looked at my day planners, like, you know, I had a Skype session with a shaman and then I was tracking when I was going to yoga. I'd write a little smiley face next to when I did make it to yoga class. And I also had a therapist and I had a coach and I had to read this and I had to learn, you know, uh, so save a lot of money, create a lot of time space, which took off a lot of stress. And then I went through a bit of, a bit of a withdrawal like oh should I sign this contract or when's that relationship going to happen I really feel like I could really use some kind of reading you know and that passed and now you know I went through that sweaty palm phase of am I going to make the right decision on my own I realized that my life didn't fall apart I make a lot of great decisions and now I'm really on the other side of that where I actually don't want that much outside input. Uh, don't don't tell me. Don't I don't I don't want to what you see <laughs> or figure it out on my my own. And I feel like so much more peace because of that, and feel a lot more present because of that. And I still have my people. I mean, I I still have an energy worker, and every once in a while, I still you know pull a card from an oracle. And, but I, I still do that from a different place. It's like, you know, where as before, just to use this as an oversimplified example, I might toss a tarot card or do the I Ching or something like that. It would be like, show me the answer. And now the energy is just like subtly, but profoundly different, which is like, show me my own wisdom. I know those cards are just a reflection of what I'm seeing, feeling, and sensing. And yes, that's, this is my experience of liberation now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where did you, where did that shift 
happened? Did something in particular go on or you just realized it was doing the opposite of what Mm -hmm. you were wanting? Well, I was in the middle of a divorce. I think, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was your, it was experiences different for everybody, but it was your classically painful process. And I was crying in the bathtub yet again. And the prayer was really pronounced this time. Just, I was so at my wits end with the pain of having left a marriage that I just, I, I couldn't pray to have this worked out or that. Aspect. I was just like, take the pain from me. And something shifted in that moment where I could feel the self-criticism coming up of like, you're still here. You're still crying. You're still hurt. You're still pissed off. You're still fucking talking about this in therapy, you know? And I don't know if it was my tenderness because I, I was so spent and so open, but I just heard a different voice. And it was my voice mm-hmm. saying, of course, you're still in pain. Of course. And it was just like this medicine of compassion. I just, I just stepped into being my own friend in that moment. And I think that was like another degree of softening. And when you're softer, you're open to the truth. And then, you know, out of the bath, I get and thought, is this all working? (laughs) Do I need to be doing all of this? And the answer, you know, I can tell you is no. Mm -hmm. There must be something magical about a post-divorce crying in the tub moment. (laughs) I, I literally had the same scenario happen, (laughs) crying in the tub post-divorce and, and, Mm. you know, freaking out, like what next, where is the love that I was depending on? And I Mm. heard that the stillness voice within, it was like out of me, but within me, you know, at the same time, just telling me in a different way than I'd heard before that you have all the love in the world. So yeah, that is maybe a thing. (laughs) Post-divorce bathtub crying can give you really wonderful revelations, but, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah, Mm -hmm. the falling apart, you know, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So from that moment, letting things go, have you noticed that the authentic things just naturally started to come back in or was there a resistance to that as well? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, the answer is yes. Like, my relationship to yoga really changed. Now I'm one of those people who I actually want to go. I do not have to drag myself to yoga. Mm -hmm. I am fully enthusiastic to figure out what class I'm going to go to that day and get my tail in the car and be there. And, and I'm just so much more into it when I'm in class, you know? Um, And yeah, I still, (laughs) sometimes I am there just for the Shavasana, but, (laughs) (laughs) and it's really the same with everything. Like my med, I want to meditate and it's not an endurance thing. Like, Oh, if I can sit for 48 minutes, it's just like, ah, it's just delicious. Mm -hmm. And, and I give myself permission to not do it. I mean, I do something, I do something every day, but, and my relationship to eating changed. Like I, I'd been a vegetarian for 12 years and then got into a relationship. And for 12 years, 
I was eating meat again. And then, you know, now I'm just back to like plant-based living. Mostly sometimes I do a few extra protein things throughout the year, but mostly, you know, I try and eat compassionately and, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's, um, I'm really in integrity now. Not that I was out of integrity before, but it was just, you know, for, for me, you know, the actual definition of integrity is about wholeness and consistency. And so my motive, my motivation, I went from being motivated to being inspired. Hmm. Yeah. Inspired by myself and the practice itself, not motivated to look good in the yoga pants. Well, I still <laughs> want to have a great ass in yoga pants or to get this <laughs> cosmic approval I've been going after for so long mm-hmm. yeah yeah so much I, more fun yes right like just <laughs> it's fun now let's go let's laugh on the mat let's no. how fun is it to like have a friend who you know you you want to do a mantra with every morning like right. that is some sexy stuff and yeah and to really feel I can feel things working now and if it doesn't work I don't do it. Doesn't mean I don't have to go through periods with practices of things where I don't have to hang in there and figure out what's on the other side, but it's really joy based now. Yeah. Why do you think we forget the joy in our practices? Yeah, because it is all goes back to the wound. You know, the lie that we carry, the the family of origin wound the you know what's baked into our dna from lifetimes that we're not worthy and so we do all these things to prove our worth you get the job you get the guy you get the house whatever it is and yeah it's one big proving palooza and we <laughs> you know we're setting everything in society so much of modern society is set up to 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 support that lie to have you prove there's a right answer there's a wrong answer there's the the educational system has nothing to do with who you really are as a soul as an individual um yeah uh that's why <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot there's a lot there that's one thing I think I've noticed in my own practices is I, I forget to even just have a smile on my face doing something. It's like mm-hmm. they, it can become a task or a to-do list or something you can just, you know, punch out real quick. And, and it, it's almost missing the point a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's missing the point. It's a great way to put it. So how there's one line in your book, white hot truth. I loved. Um, speaking of like evolution of things, it's, you say that love the you that you outgrew, because I think a lot of times we have (laughs) angst towards our past or things that we subscribe to and no longer. Um, Can you provide some insight on that? Yeah, I think, well, I know in my experience, I felt like ashamed of who I was like once I once I move on and mature and evolve I look back and sometimes it's like oh god I can't (laughs) believe I did that I said that I or that I did him like you know like (laughs) what and that's not loving like 
loving all of you includes your past. And the practice of having compassion for who you were, that, that will carry over in every area of your life. You will be more loving to yourself in the present. You will be more loving to other people. And yeah, that was a big, that was a big one for me. And I really, you know, I have, I, 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 I face that dynamic on a regular basis because, because I'm a creative with a capital, I'm always making stuff and I always want to burn what I made yesterday. I just have to, you know, like every book could be better. Every blog post could be better. Every podcast could be better. I think you were, you gave it all you had in that moment and you know more today than you knew yesterday. Just love your yesterday self and let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Has that become yeah. a practice to to be able to do that? Yeah, I'm just you know it really goes back to friendship, and you know the term friendship. I used to think was was just too light and trite, and then I came across a Buddhist sentiment that your it, it goes like this. Your true nature, your true nature is warm, friendly, and luminous. And I was really taken aback by the beauty of that, but the simplicity of that. Like my true nature, the stuff of my soul is friendly. And I realized like that's what it is. I mean, love, love as a verb, befriend things. I will befriend my suffering. I will befriend my past. I will befriend you in all of your forms as much as I possibly can in my human state. Um, So, yeah, I just become like such a better girlfriend to myself (laughs) over the last few years. And I just I have more of a sense of humor, just like I would with my best friends. Just like, ah, you tried your best. You 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 rock that. And. Yeah, just lighten up about everything. Mm-hmm. I think one thing we don't realize at times um, is how how hurtful we talk to ourselves, like how negative no. we talk to ourselves, and how Terrible. we wouldn't we wouldn't even fathom saying that to anyone else. But it's- well, and this is it's a great point. And this is where inner child work really comes in. This is another thing I've resisted for years, and every time I I'm in therapy or even working with an energy worker and they're like, just, you got to love on baby Danielle. I'm like, are, really? <laughs> it ends up that that is the answer to so much. And now like I actually have a meditation program that I put out called love and radiance. And the whole visualization of it is about befriending and loving on your inner child. And there's all sorts of beautiful things and colors and light you do to, to, you know, create this whole experience. And, you know, I'm a part of my living is I'm a public speaker. And I used to think that getting on stage and being confident and, you know, really wanting to deliver something of value, I had to like pump myself up and tell myself how, you know, strong and great. And I got this. And it turns out that the most effective thing for me to do is to talk to my inner child 
And I, I would never have done this years ago. I just thought it was so cheesy, you know? And I just like, I just, I say every possible loving thing I can to that, you know, four-year-old, seven-year-old self. I got you no matter what. I got you. It's just like the, the most impeccable assurances that any soul would want to receive from the divine mother. I give to my inner child. And then I go out and fucking rock it because I'm invincible after that. I just think I'm going to be loved no matter what. Even if I bomb on stage, life is going to love me no matter what. That's what I need. Not a pep talk about how great I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. Can people find that resource on your website? Yeah, yeah, they're all there. Love and Radiance, it's pink and gold and it's beautiful. I love it. Okay. I will need to do that because I've also Mm -hmm. been resistant to that practice. It has been advised. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I appreciate that for sure. (laughs) So, um, Well, it's like you can't make it through the self-help trenches without somebody telling you, you need to do some inner child work (laughs) and eventually (laughs) you're going to get it right. You'll get it. You get around to it eventually when it hurts enough. Right. You do it. Right. Yes. So um, speaking of resources, you talk a lot about being your own guru, which I love, Mm -hmm. Um, but finding that balance between getting help and then also trusting within, how has that, how does that dance play out for you? Mm, That's another great question. Uh, The getting the help and the trusting within, well, there's a lot to be said for quantity. <laughs> so, you know, as I was explaining, just the, just the act of reducing a lot of the input, the seeking of input, just like, you know, fire a few people in your life, fire a few advisors, that, that helps. And I've, you know, the divine irony is the more I listen to myself, the better I am at discerning advisors, outside help, supporters, energy workers who are quality. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's, there's no charlatans in my life anymore because I can, I can hear now. I can hear more clearly. Um, so I engage with those people. I'm very, you know, I'm obviously I'm selective and I don't always go to them in crisis. Sometimes I'm just like, I just need a tune up. Like, you know, who's on my board right now is I have an energy worker. And I'm, I'm also, I feel like I'm sort of a, a student of hers, learning, learning different things about meditation and moving energy around. And that's very consistent in my life. And I have an incredible shrink, psychologist. And I call her when I'm in pain. Um, it used to be, I thought, well, I could use a little something, There's a little something. I don't do that anymore. I can take care of the little something myself. And sometimes I can feel the pain coming on or <laughs> before it's really acute, before I'm a crazy lady, or <laughs> I plan for something. Like I know I'm going to be doing this particular thing and I know it's going to stir some stuff up. So like I'll book a week in advance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how. That works for me. A lot of people that I talk to have a hard time recognizing that their own voice in the midst of all of this Mm -hmm. stimulation and 
and input. Do you have any insights on recognizing what your voice sounds like? Mm-hmm. Well, you, it's a muscle and you have to work it. So it's going to feel weak in the beginning. You might, it's like, it's just, you don't quite get the full sentence that your intuition is telling you, or you hear the full sentence, but you're, you're resistant, you know, you're doubtful and just follow that intuition. And then the next time you hear it more clearly, you follow it again, you know, um, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that what you need to do, what you need to act on is easy. Like, I think there's this, this kind of fallacy within the personal development community that if you can hear your intuition, if you're that gifted, then following it is going to be a piece of cake. No, your intuition may tell you to leave the relationship, quit the job or whatever. So that's where the hard work comes in. And for me, my body, I know that my body knows. Um, if my, I, so I really pay attention, like, and it's, it's, it's a physiological thing. Like your body does get the signal before your thinking brain gets it. I mean, this could be argued people like, well, your brain is sending out the signal to your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about your intellect. So your body knows before your intellect and your rationale does. And I pay attention to that. So if I feel like that woozy feeling or I feel my breathing change is constricted. Like I just, I've been practicing this long enough. I just, I trust, I know, like it doesn't feel right. And I could sum it up as we either feel that we're in a constricted state or we're in an expanded state. And everybody will know, or you will learn to know what constricted feels like for you or expansive feels like for you. So when I'm constricted, you know, my breathing changes. I, I notice that I'm hunched over a bit or I'm squinting or there's like, you get that pit in the, in your stomach or, and you just think you only have one way through. It's only, I got to do that. You got to, got to, got to get you. Yeah, that's constriction. Expansive mm. for me feels like, I mean, I'm, even just now saying the word, I can feel my face open. I just, my posture just changed a bit. I look up, my eyes feel brighter. I want to inhale more deeply. I feel excited about what I feel a sense of possibility. And when I'm in that, then it's a yes. Again, doesn't mean moving towards that is easy, but you light up, you light up. What about for those that are fearful to tune in? Exactly what you said, what they might hear. Yeah. Well, anybody who's listening and feels that way, I just have so much compassion for you. Um, the truth is hard to face. So, and I also have some tough love, which is, do you want to live or do you want to die? Do you want to be whole or do you want to be half? Do you want to be in touch with your joy, living your joy, or do you want to stay stuck? I don't think anybody really wants to stay. I, I'm going to go out on them and say, I would say for sure. Nobody wants to stay stuck. It's just, you know, as you put it, the fear of looking within. And you don't have to do it. I was just about to say something really, you know, motivational speak. And I'd be like, you got to do it. You don't have to. But if you don't, it's just, it's painful. So I, I think at different times in our life, we will either move towards pleasure as our 
way of making progress, or we're going to be moving away from pain and, you know, moving towards pleasure is much more fun. And that is where you become the intentional, the deliberate creator of your life. I want that. I'm in touch with that. I'm going for that as opposed to this sucks. It's not what I want. And I'm out. It is obviously there's times for both, but, um, you know, this gets into all of my work around desire mapping and getting clear around what I call your core desired feelings. And when you get clear on how it is that you really want to feel, how you really want to feel most of the time in your life, then you will start to do things to feel that way. Everything becomes, in a sense, you know, presence and future oriented instead of past oriented. And you do use those core desired feelings as a measurement when something isn't going right. Like you can say that this, the shit I am in is not a core desired feeling. You know, my core desired feelings are light and connection and team and, uh, inspired. This is, I am not feeling any of those things right now. And you do what you need to do to get out of that. So would you say that that's a good, like first step for a person? wanting to move towards that way of operating? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because I think facing forward is, it really rinses away any of that victim mentality because you're you're taking responsibilities. Like I'm taking responsibility for how I want to feel, where I want to go, what I want to do. I'm giving myself permission to want all those things. Yeah, what permission. A, I mean, that, that, that is a, such a stronger p- permission. That is the position of strength, not that life is happening to me or that terrible feeling of choicelessness and obligation. Like obligation is one of my least favorite words and concepts. And essentially, I, I, don't, I don't think anything we do is an obligation. And someone... You could come back and say, well, I got to pay my mortgage and I'm obligated to feed my children and my pets and take care of my aging parents. You're actually not obligated to do any of those things. Would it be evil and awful and heinous to not take care of your kids? Yes. You were choosing to, to be present, to be moral and ethical and loving and just reframe obligation into choice and puts you in the driver's seat. Why do you think we wait for permission? Like, you know what I mean? Like, every, everyone's been telling us what to do our whole lives. <laughs> yeah. This, this is what success looks like. We, we're just on, it, it, it's, 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 it's the cultural Kool-Aid. There is a version of success. And we're going to flaunt and tout this version of success in every segment of society. You're going to hear about it in school. You're going to hear about it in the media. You're going to hear about it at work. And this is what it looks like. It looks like looks like money. And it looks like a certain kind of marriage. And I mean, it looks so much of what's breaking down in society right now is that definition of success. It's fantastic. Like, guess what? Love is love is love is love. There, how many times did I just say that? That was five different definitions of success. And... 
it's beautiful and painful and it's 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 um the divine mess that we're in with all the structures coming down right now. Mm, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that I, th- I see that a lot, even in like, quote unquote, self-care and, and self-help of that recipe for success, even in that, you know, that those like, oh, I have to yeah. practice for yoga for 90 minutes a day and I have to da, 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 da. And I see people seriously stressing out and creating more anxiety with their healing practices, you know? So, um, (laughs) fiercely stressing out is a great term. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And how do we, like, I think what we've already talked about of letting things go, you know, finding that inner path, you know, um, Mm -hmm. not comparing it to what you see on Instagram or what even what you're doing or what I'm doing, you know, and really just owning what it can look like for you. It turns out that it's a courageous act to do what pleases you. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's it's an act of agency and identity and love and it's an act of rebellion. Really, mm-hmm. because I mean, just to give one more layer to you know cultural constructs, most of them are set up to disempower you for for you know those structures are set up for their own power, whether that be psychological or financial. If you know the diet industry would be bankrupt if women love their bodies the way they are. We would have no need for churches and lots and not not across the board. And I'm not anti uh, church, um, but you know it's all so much organized religion is set up on a, a really a performance basis, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. have you been good? Then you get entry. Yeah, and all of that is just profoundly disempowering so you know you being your own guru is you commit you know knowing that your your joy is your priority and you do that in concert with wanting to be of service you being well and liberated and free and growing in a way that lights you up it means that you're going to be less of a burden on the system you're going to be more fun to be around. You're just generally a more pleasant person. And you are then able to be of service more. It's it's so righteous and fair and beautiful. I just, it works. It really works. And, you know, what's what's current for me right now is, I'd say I'm at like at the tail end of this exploration of like, what issues am I going to take on? And, you know, with the explosion of social media and the accessibility to that and, and then, you know, being in this self-help space, making my living off of this, I, and, and then being so committed to wanting to make a difference in the world and be really an agent of love. And then with the crises that we're in right now, it's so easy to be like, feel guilty about all the things I'm not doing, that all the things we're not doing. It's like, Oh my God, I should be Instagramming about 
that issue and that issue and that news story and that news story. It's like, for the first time, it's actually, I'm actually considering, I'm like, I'm just going to stay in my lane. And I don't even like that phrase. I used to always find that, why would I stay in my lane? I want to change the whole wide world. Guess what? I can't change the whole wide world. I can change myself and I can affect what I can affect by being in my dharma, on my path. I'm just going to do what I do best, what lights me up, what has me in my joy. I'm going to serve in a, a joyful way. And it's limited, but it's deep and it's effective in what I, what I, I can touch what I touch with more efficacy and I will be alive a lot longer because of my focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I think you just described what's underneath that that quote of yours of self-care is a divine responsibility because you take care of all of that and tune into all of that, like that is, you can do this, you know, you can be that light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you for putting it that way. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, doesn't do anybody good for, you know, you want to change the world, you taking on, too much or other people's unwellness or their lack of abundance. It, it's not the way to serve. It isn't. And, and you will be in conflict. You can take those ways on, but most of us will still have the desire for abundance and for joy and still be struggling on the side to get that. I say, just go for that. And then, and you will figure out a way to serve. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. idea of service can has become a little bit weighted. And I think that's why you just said, as we forget that what service all encompasses and thinks it has to be this big mission or this nonprofit or that thing. And just to constantly embrace being of service in how you're operating. I know that's something that I just forget because I'm too busy focusing on that. Like, big mm-hmm. thing I want to change in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think a lot of us feel that way. Do you think that way comes naturally with, with living in more alignment with who you want to be with following your own healing path? Do you think that service, that openness for service comes, or is that something to be very mm-hmm. intentional about? What a great question. Um, my experience is it naturally happens. I had to think about that for a second. It's, it can be cart before the horse, but when you're loving yourself more deeply, you will naturally be a more loving person. And when you're loving, and, and I don't think we talk about this aspect enough, when you are loving yourself more deeply, you will feel more deeply, more things more deeply. And that will make you very vulnerable to pain. You, you're going to feel joy more often and greatly, and you're going to feel pain. And you will want to help. You cannot. Let me put, I can put this in a really oversimplified way. If you are compassionate towards yourself and actively 
being kind. You are actively being your own friend. You will not be able to walk down the street without wanting to weep when you see the homeless guy. Hmm. You will not be able to feel disconnected from the immigrant children who have been put in basically internment camps in the United States. And it will gut you. And you will feel overwhelmed some days. But you you will flourish in how you want to serve. And for me, there, there, there's no other way to be. I want to feel, I want to feel it all. And yeah, I want to feel it all. Do you have a way to kind of set those boundaries? Healthy boundaries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know what issues call to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even as a, as a person with a public fro- profile in this wellness space, Lots of people sometimes lay expectations on authors about you need to care about this and you need to be Instagramming about this and you have some influence. Um, I get to say, and I know from my, my corporate work years ago that focusing on particular issues allows for more dedication and more impact. So I know what lights me up. I know what my causes are. I know what's caused me pain and that I want to prevent people from having that pain as well. So I know where I'm going to put my time and my uh, resources. And I know what I'm good at. I'm good at making stuff that's about consciousness and unifying women. And anything outside of that, I'm just not as effective at it. So... Yeah, I fo- I follow I follow what I'm enthusiastic about. Yeah, I like to trust that if we all did that, we would have the bases covered. You know, like it's not just I up agree. to one person. And so that's mm-hmm. what I've been playing around with in my own mind is like, okay, yeah, pick the things that I can do really well and trust mm-hmm. that others will be doing the same in their own universes, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I could really get into um, being more of an, uh, of an active environmentalist, not, not active, but um, a public environmentalist. It, that's, it's not my calling. And I know that there's other people, hundreds of thousands of other people who dedicate their life to that, and they're totally lit up about it. I'm, I'm not going to go on a march for saving the trees. I want the trees saved. And I live very lightly on the land and all sorts of eco-responsibility is happening in my life. But if you want to talk about compassion and discernment and devotion to higher consciousness and to the empowerment of all women, that's what I want to talk about. And I have to trust. It, this really, for me, this awareness came when I realized that I had some fundamental mistrust in life itself and God, her himself. And when I really did the work to realize like life wanted to take my pain and turn it into beauty and life wanted me to experience joy and life was here to, you know, I was working in concert with God. Then it allowed me to trust humanity more really like, Okay, 
There's other people working on all this other stuff. We all have a lane and we all have a passion. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at now. And I still cry in my kitchen many times a week, <laughs> making my avocado toast about all of the issues. And I still feel a sense of helplessness. But when I feel that, I, I recommit. I like, I double down on doing my work that day. Like, what can I say to help ease someone's suffering in this realm that I know about? And mm-hmm. I, can I go, go say it? So speaking of your relationship with God, and this could actually be a whole other hour-long conversation. <laughs> um, how, I mean, I grew up in a very religious situation and no longer resonate with that. And bringing, getting back into my spirituality and, and embracing words like God and spirit and things like that was, it came with some baggage. Um, do you have any insights with people that are feeling that call to spirituality, but kind of block it with their past experience about moving mm. through that? Hmm. Well, I would look at what you're doing right now in your life to feel connected, to feel more loving, to, you know, like what, what are the handful of personal development things you're doing now? And call it for what it is. A lot of those things is a spiritual practice. And if it's going for, you know, you walk around your neighborhood lake every day and have that reflection time with yourself. That's your form of spirituality. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's great to recapitulate, to kind of do this inventory of what you've believed in. And look at how you, you know, what, how were you raised? And what are the belief systems that came out of your household that you're going to go to hell, that there's one form of sexuality that's superior to another? Uh, all of those things. And then just examine those. You just do five. Here's an assignment everybody can do right now. Five things that you believe right now. And then let's analyze the shit out of each of those beliefs. Where did it come from? How does that belief make you feel? Does that belief move you forward in your life? Does Does that belief have you be more expansive? Does that belief support your freedom, your liberation, your strength? If not, you might want to reconsider if you want to keep that belief. And you can just press pause on that belief. You could, you could, be, you could move that from, I believe that. You know, it has that status of I was 100% to I'm not sure anymore. Just let it hang out in limbo. Not sure about past lives or soulmates or a God figurehead or, or uh, incorporation structures. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah, it's it's like you know, that beautiful line from the Walt Whitman poem, The Body Electric. Um, examine all that insults your soul. Dismiss, dismiss all that insults your soul. And your very flesh shall become a great poem. Oh, wow. I sing the body electric. Is that not it? That's it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. I want to honor your time. So (laughs) there's so so many other paths we could go down, but thank you so much for sharing your 
your honesty and your and your truth with us. Um, and yeah, if if people- yeah, thanks. Thank you for the great questions. They yeah, were great. Just, you know, the the best questions are always really simple and mm-hmm. obvious. And so many people think it's so obvious. Why I'm not going to ask that. I'm going to try and be super keen and intellectual about this. And it's just like, <laughs> no, just ask. Not that you're not intellectual, hyper intellectual. Just it's the heart questions. Like, yeah, but how do we get from here to that? So thank you. Really great. Well. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I have I have a list of very clever questions in front of me that I didn't have. <laughs> right? See, I rest my case. So yeah. <laughs> stay stay present, you know, that's where it's at. Um, but if, if listeners are going to be in the Fargo area, we're going to be together at an event uh, September 17th at the Women's Health Conference. So it'll be great to have you in this neck of the woods um, around that time. But in the meantime, people can, you have tons of resources on your website, uh, links to your books. You even have a podcast series. That's really wonderful. Um, mm. So any anything else you want people to know that you're up to or where they can find you? I'm always up to something. And <laughs> Instagram is the center of my universe. So I'm, okay. I'm at Danielle Laporte. Just... Danielle Laporte will get you where you need to go. And yeah, and if this is airing around Fargo time, I'm really looking forward to coming to Fargo. It's mm-hmm. I've, I've been there. I was there a couple of years ago. It's like great, always great for me there. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be a beautiful, women-centric, wellness-centric event. And yeah, I'm stoked. I'll see you there. Oh my goodness. I cannot even wait to meet her and keep learning from her and give her a big squeeze here in Fargo in September. And again, I hope you can join us there and there'll be links to that event and Danielle's website and social media channels in the show notes at naturallyrandyk.com. That's naturally R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y.com slash podcast. And if you'd like to stay connected to me and all things simple self-care, please join my free Facebook group where we can regularly commune over all things self-care. Just search Simple Self-Care Circle and ask to join. And you can also join my newsletter to get all of the updates and weekly communication from me that way. Just head over to my website, naturallyrandyk.com to sign up. And you can also find me on the Facebooks and the Instagrams at naturally Randy K and be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. So you won't miss an episode when season two begins officially on August 20th. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with the world and even leave a review on Apple podcasts. I'd love to hear what you think. It's a huge help to the growth of simple self-care. All right, my dears, thank you for tuning in. And I'm so looking forward to what's to come in season two. Signing off, I am Randy Kay, your podcast host. I am a body worker, a therapeutic yoga teacher, a self-care educator and advocate and creator of naturallyrandyk.com, an online resource to explore the nature outside and within through healing self-care rituals. Until next time. Take good care and enjoy the journey.